0: And welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to make realistic improvements in their lives and reach their goals, however big or small. We are building a community of men and women who love to push themselves to overcome obstacles and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening in. I really appreciate the support. Thank you for sharing this podcast with others, for subscribing and leaving reviews on iTunes. And if you are new here, a special welcome to you. I hope we'll see you back every Wednesday from here on out. That's when I post the latest episode of the podcast. You can learn more about me and what I'm about on my website, www.aboutprogress.com, Or you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at About Progress. I am so excited to share this interview I did with Sarah Tripp from Sassy Red Lipstick. There's so much I could say about Sarah, but I feel that everything I could tell you is just better coming from her, from listening to her voice and what she has to say. And it's really wonderful to get to know her through this more intimate medium. Sarah is a very successful fashion blogger whose purposes go beyond skin deep. She is very passionate about self-expression through fashion, no doubt, but she is equally passionate about empowering women to accept themselves and their bodies as they are. We talk about almost everything in the book in this interview, and I can tell you that you will not only love what wisdom and good cheer Sarah has to bring to this conversation, but you will respect her all the more if you already know her. I want to give as much time as we can to this interview, so let's dive right in. Hi, I'm here with Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Can you give us an introduction
1: to yourself? Yes, of course. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, As she said, my name is Sarah Tripp. I'm a San Francisco-based fashion blogger. Um, I'm originally from Las Vegas, born and raised, and my husband was from Salt Lake, and we moved to San Francisco about a year ago, and we've been married for almost three years. Um, I primarily blog about fashion, but I'm also known for talking about body positivity and helping other women feel confident with their body shape.
0: You know, and I think I discovered you shortly after you moved to San Francisco, and I was just really excited to see a local Instagrammer, you know, and blogger making it
1: big so quickly. There, it was. Fun, it's fun to see your background. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been we love San Francisco. It's been um, a really great career move for both of us. We have just been able to really further the brands we work with, the people we meet, the connections we make. So we've really enjoyed living in San Francisco.
0: Yeah, it's a super interesting place to live. Since your main focus in your business is fashion, I wanted to know Mm -hmm. when that became an interest of yours.
1: Sure. So I have always loved fashion. There's actually this photo in my scrapbook when I'm like three or four and I'm in like my Sunday best and wearing my mom's like bright pink high heels. And that's just like when I think about how long I've loved fashion, that's the first thing I think of. Um, when I was 15, I started doing a internship with Nordstrom. You have to be 18 to actually work there, but oh, okay. in their teenage department, you could do an internship while you were in high school. So I did that until I turned 18 my senior year of high school, and then I started working full-time for them. Um, I worked for them off and on during college. I even did a manager internship after college, and um, I just always loved fashion. When I was graduating college, I actually went to New York City to work at a fashion forward ad agency. So I graduated with a degree in advertising and we had to do an internship to graduate. I chose to just really go out there and um, make the most of it. I, it was my first time in New York ever. And so it was an amazing experience and it kind of just really opened my eyes to there, there's so much more to fashion than just like this little bubble I was living in my university where everyone just wore J Crew and had preppy styles. So mm-hmm. when I came back from my internship, that's actually when I started my blog. Um, okay, and this was, so this is back in yeah, college. Yeah, this was actually, this is back in college. I started um, right before my senior year of college. And my then boyfriend, now husband, he was the one who really pushed me to finally do it, I had been blogging for quite some time, but it was just like the everyday life of a college student and it, it documented like my time in New York and my time on a study abroad before that. But I really wanted to do a fashion blog and he helped me get it going. He took my photos for the first year and we were just off to the races.
0: Oh, I love <laughs> that. I didn't know yeah. that he was a part of that push to make you mm-hmm. pursue that. He was, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but he was a huge part of Sassier Lookstick. Oh, and still great. is today. Yeah. yeah. I love to see his support. So it seems like that was something you, you always wanted to do to pursue a career mm-hmm. in fashion, even with your advertising um, major. Yes. That was what mm-hmm. you were thinking.
1: Good yes. for I've, you. Just, I've always loved it. I, I was the girl who, like, <laughs> people make fun of me for this now looking back, so it's just funny, but I was the girl who, like, never wore sweats in high school, on my college campus, nothing like that. I always dressed up and just, like love to be presentable and share the latest trends that I was loving. It's just something I've always really been into.
0: And it seems like for you that it's not just about, you know, it's not skin deep for you. It's more of like this creative mm-hmm. artistic outlet as well. It's not yes. just like, Oh, I'm trying to look cute all the time. It's, it's more about mm-hmm. this
1: expression. Yes, completely. And I think that's why, um, I really made it such a priority to attend New York Fashion Week. So last September was my first New York Fashion Week. And I just got back from February's um, just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, that's been such a huge goal of mine for so long because yeah. fashion is so much more than like what you wear. You know, it's about how you express yourself. It's how a brand shapes itself. So exactly. Oh, that
0: would be so cool to go there and <laughs> see all that. Um, How, I don't know. I'm just thinking about how amazing it is that you had this drive from a young age to pursue these passions of yours. How did your growing up years affect that part of you, this ability to dream and to like believe that you could, you could pursue big goals.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So I always have very supportive parents and they're like supportive in a different way than like my husband, because they're also very practical, but they always taught my brother and I to work hard and do our best. So we always had that like, fundamental level of just like, work really hard, do your best, and then you should be able to achieve your goals. So that changed um, a little bit when I met Robbie, because how he was raised was just like, go big, reach for the stars, you know, things Mm. that necessarily aren't practical. If that's what you want, just go for them. So it's it's funny to see how, you know, my parents first laid that foundation and how my husband has just really opened up this whole new support system of if that's your goal even if it's so so big and you think it's unattainable just like start chipping away and start working toward it
0: yeah I like that that twofold thing that you have the the foundation of hard work but this mm-hmm. push to dream big I love that
1: totally thank you
0: well let's let's tie that into blogging as a career then I think it is a tricky medium in general it's just a really hard medium to make mm-hmm. it big which you have but the the tricky <laughs> yeah. side to it well the tricky side to it though is someone can read your product like a blog post or see a post mm-hmm. on Instagram and and read it and and love it and but it's still they're able to ingest it so much more quickly than it takes to produce so totally. it's it's a deceiving medium for for a career because people probably just don't understand the amount of work that goes into what you are doing so can you tell us what is it really like to be a fashion blogger.
1: <laughs> well, I was like kind of thinking about this beforehand and I was thinking I get up at eight AM and start working on my computer and I swear I don't even close it until eleven PM. So it's a wow. lot of like really tired eyes <laughs> mm-hmm. is I think about. Obviously there's so much that goes into everything and there's um, at least for me and I think for a lot of bloggers there's a lot of strategy behind like every single thing we're posting it's not random Um, Mm -hmm. it's not just you know out there it's something that fits our brand has to be authentic at the same time even if it is a sponsored post so yeah there's so much that goes into it between writing posts editing posts and before that shooting you know the outfit or the products that I'll be featuring Um, and then a lot of times with sponsored posts, there's a lot of back and forth because I have to get approval for photos Mm -hmm. to get approval for copy. Um, and sometimes things have to be rewritten. Sometimes things have to be reshot depending on what they're specifically looking for. Um, and of course there's that huge balancing act of, okay, this is a sponsored post, but I obviously need it to stay authentic and real so that my followers don't think I'm selling out Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of a thing. So there's a lot of balance. Um, when it comes to that because you obviously want to stay on brand and have a strategy but you also have to meet you know certain I don't want to say like guidelines basically for the brands Um, so yeah there's just there's a lot going on and I think a lot of people like you said realize that and that's okay because if they're not bloggers they don't know Um, but I think that's why when we do talk about it, it's really great to outline what's going on so that maybe they can have a little bit better of an understanding. I feel like I've had to do that a lot with my family because, Mm. you know, this is such a new industry that people are like, okay, so you posted a photo and you got some money, like no big deal. Like I can do that. And (laughs) I can't tell you how many countless times I've emailed back and forth with aspiring bloggers and they've been excited and you know, they'll do it for like a month or so or maybe a few more. And then they're like, oh, this is like actually hard work. Yeah. And it dies off, you know. Mm-hmm. So there is. There's a lot of hard work behind it all. Well,
0: how how long would an average post take you, do you think? Or is that even hard to calculate, maybe impossible?
1: That's really hard to calculate because it honestly completely depends on the post. Um, if it's like a sponsored post, like I said, it's something that there's a lot of back and forth between me and the client Um, and then if it's just like an outfit post that I completely bought it's a lot easier for me to just you know have a photographer shoot it put it online write like a paragraph of copy that's obviously a lot faster and then if it's a body positivity post that copy always takes me I swear it takes me like days to write and Mm -hmm. then Robbie usually edits it and then I'll go back and edit his edits because those are like really heartfelt and Mm -hmm. really real and raw posts so it honestly, it just like, it really completely depends on the post, but there's always lots of blood, sweat, and tears behind everything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that in my very small blog, it just takes a lot longer than people would think to, to do it even mm-hmm. a simple post. So it's nice to hear, I mean, for you, I think you should get the credit you deserve in that. It's, it's not, well, thank you. it's <laughs> not simple. I want to talk more, um, about the substance that you have behind your, mm-hmm. your social media presence. But first I want to go into what you were bringing up with their sponsored posts. So it's got, mm-hmm. it's gotta be a hard part of your job to stay authentic to who you are and align with, with your own brand that you're talking about. But I'm sure that there is this tricky balance of knowing when to say yes, when to say no and and how to present it in a way that it is still authentic, like you were saying. So how are you able to to go about that? How are you able to stay true to your mission and incorporate the
1: sponsorship, which very much has to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. It definitely does. I think a lot of people probably know that bloggers who are blogging full-time are making, um, you know, full-time career money. That's why they're doing it and mm-hmm. able to leave their other jobs. So obviously there's money coming in somewhere. As far as staying authentic, um, I would say that as I've grown, so I've almost been, it'll be four years in August, so it's been like over three and a half now, um, about three and a half. Um, About 70% of the proposals I get, I turn down because there's just so many brands, um, people, whatever, whoever it is, emailing me a day. And, you know, it's either like they're not a good fit for my brand. I obviously really try to stay, um, true to who I am and what I believe in. And then, you know, sometimes it's like from a business sense, it just doesn't make sense if there's just, if they don't have like a blogger budget to even work with you Mm -hmm. or if they're just asking for an absurd amount of posts, um, et cetera. So I would say that I turned down about 70% of brands who do come knocking, um, so, I, and people don't know that, you know, people mm-hmm. have no idea about that, um, but of that other 30%, it's like brands that I really believe in or that I already use or that I've had experience with or just that fit my brand perfectly, whether it's like fashion, um, body positivity is so big for me right now mm-hmm. that I'm trying to get as many campaigns for that as possible because that's, that's such great. a huge topic in social media, which amazing but yeah there's definitely brands I turned down Um as an example 50 Shades Darker movie reached out to me to do it was one Instagram post and it was like quite a bit of money for one Instagram post wow. and I just read it and I was like mm, it's just it's not some, it's not the content that I agree with and hmm. one of my good blogger friends did blog about it and that, you know what that's totally fine like that's what I don't judge like that's sure. up to you but for me I was just like that doesn't fit who I am and so I'm not going to hmm. do it So even when money is on the table, you still have to just really remain true to who you are, and because your followers, they'll they'll sense right, they'll see right through that, yeah, and they'll sense that it's not real and it's not authentic. So you really, really have to do what's best for you.
0: Oh wow, I just really admire your strength, and it must be really hard to navigate that. It's got to be. I mean, you have to be really centered in what matters to you personally, like you were talking about with Mm -hmm. this one potential sponsor, but. But also what matters to the people who are taking part in, in your in your efforts. It seems like it's this 50-50 for you. It's not just like what matters to me. It's what matters to the people
1: who are a part of my community. Totally, for sure. Because I think that my followers are such a big part of my brand, which for a lot of people, it might not be like that. But because I have such a huge following of body positive, curvy ladies who are similar to me in that aspect of they're trying to learn to love their body or they've had a rough time trying to do it or you know something of that sort like they look to me and so yeah I just have this like connection with so many of my followers I have running DM conversations on Instagram with so many of my followers so yeah it's really awesome that I am so connected Um, Mm -hmm. it's fun for me to just show them that I'm literally just a human being and I like fashion and so I get to share that with them and luckily like they're so kind and follow me and talk to me and I really like having that sense of I'm just a regular human being and having that relationship with them. So I really try to stay true to them too.
0: Hmm. I mean, I sense that. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest and say it. I can't personally follow very many fashion blockers, And one is because for me, <laughs> totally. well, the reason is it just doesn't make me feel good. A lot of times it makes mm-hmm. me either feel really jealous, <laughs> you know, of the clothes or it makes me go on too many spending sprees. You know, you just mm-hmm. it's, it's hard that way or or there's just they're just really hard people to follow maybe with their bodies. And, and just you yep. can tell there's like a whole lot going on behind that and it's and it's really appearance based. But I have to give you huge props. You are not just one of those people that says, Hey, here's my outfit of the day and that's it and you know, people are just left feeling jealous or or mm-hmm. or bad about themselves. You're so different you you tell people how to dress, you teach people how to match their figure, you teach them how to pair things well, which is really helpful for people like me like I love fashion, but i I'm like clueless about it too I don't know how <laughs> how to put things together but so you've got that, but you have this other layer that you talked about this connection with your followers of of women and men too I'm sure who are really trying to just accept themselves for who they are. This this outlet for you is not about, hey, guys, look how awesome I am. It's, hey, look how awesome mm-hmm. we all are, and let's celebrate each other. So I, have to, I just have to praise you for that, and I want to know what that development has been like for you on your side of it. What has
1: that been like? Well, first of all, thank you. That's really kind of you to say. Um, and honestly, I was blogging for about a year and a half, and it got to the point where I was like bored. I was just like, okay, like I'm just sharing outfits, and there's really no, like you said, no substance. And obviously, fashion blogging can be a very materialistic industry, and there's a lot of there's a lot of jealousy even between bloggers. Like, yeah, I know that we you had you've read my um, blogger politics exposed yes, blog post. Yes, I did. Post. I did. Um, I love that. So one. there's a lot of that, like even just within industry. So anyways, about a year and a half into blogging, I was like, I need to do something greater and have a bigger purpose than just sharing my latest handbags and fashion finds. And I just kind of thought like, okay, what's something that's obviously a part of me? It's not something that's made up. And I just just decided to talk about my journey of self love and how my weight has been a roller coaster of ups and downs since high school and how um, how that's affected me, how I've overcome that to love myself for the shape I am today and just really embrace that. And it just resonated. It just resonated mm-hmm. with people, with the women that follow me, the girls that follow me. And I don't think I really knew what kind of effects that would have like on my platform at the time because it was just one post to begin with. And it was a really, really long post and people really read it. They read all of it. They left really heartfelt, messages of, Oh, I'm, I'm going through this. or I've been through this. Like I can relate to this. So that was really what kicked it off. And I just kind of like had this light bulb that was like, Oh, like this is me being real. And this is a way for me to have a greater purpose in fashion blogging than just showing off clothes and trying to get people to buy clothes so I can make money off of what they buy. Mm -hmm. And it just, like I said, it just resonated and it came naturally because it's something that I've really, I've struggled with in the past and I've had to overcome. And I mean, I'm human. Like I still have those days where I don't feel like healthy. I feel fat or whatever. You know, we Mm -hmm. all have those days, even if we still love ourselves Mm -hmm. and we've gotten to that point. Um. So just being able to finally find a niche that just really worked and then resonated and was real and raw and not fake at all. That's kind of just what made the flip. And that's, you know, I obviously still post a lot about fashion. um, But in the last, like, I would say year since then, year and a half, I guess, um, things have just really taken off with Mm -hmm. incorporating that so much more. And I think it is also because there's so many more campaigns now with brands that do the same thing, you know, Airy, Airy is promoting real women, untouched models. Oh, wow. Um, They post, you know, yeah, they're awesome. They're so amazing. They post women in bikinis with side rolls and with tummies and thick thighs, and they're just about embracing, like, who we are as women because oh, we, we're not, like, size zeros. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing wrong with being a size zero, but for those who aren't, it was always making them feel left out and yeah. feel like they weren't good enough or weren't perfect enough or it's like an unachievable body type and so there's so many brands um Reebok just came out with a campaign I think it's called um never per hashtag never perfect and so theirs is about that oh. Nike's done a ton of it too so yeah mm-hmm. yeah as that has grown in the last like year on social media it just it was awesome that I just kind of aligned at the same time unintentionally and you know there's finally curvy models on the New York fashion week runways and all over the that. world now mm-hmm. and it's starting to be incorporated into like real fashion um magazines and outlets so it's awesome what was the name of that initial
0: post that set that niche up for you
1: the first one actually was um the honor your curves post yeah and the second was my journey. Mm-hmm. So that was very personal and it was just kind of me talking about my journey. And then the second one was called the in betweeners, why every woman is not either regular size or plus size. So oh, I've always okay. called myself an in-betweener because I am a size ten, which means I'm not a size zero or two, which is usually the model standard for magazines and websites. That's but I'm crazy. also not in the plus size range. So I always felt like there was this weird in-between space where I wasn't represented by either group. And it's always hard to find, like, it's not super hard now, but in the past it had been hard to find clothes that, like, would fit you if you were in the middle. Um, So that was the one that kind of took off after I told my own personal story. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually interviewed two well-known bloggers. One of them was a plus-size blogger and one of them was a very thin blogger. And we kind of just talked about their journey and what they do for health and fitness. So it was just, it was a very interesting post. um, And that really helped project things as far as, like, the body positivity platform. Yeah.
0: Oh, I you know, that one slipped through the cracks for me. I can't believe that I missed that one. I thought I had read every single. Oh, it's okay. (laughs) So I'm going to have to go back and read through that one. Because I think most women would identify themselves as an in-betweener, honestly. Mm -hmm,
1: For sure. And I didn't. You know, I didn't, like, specify, like, oh, you are only in between if you're a size 8 through 14 or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just those sizes where, you know, a lot of models are either the size 0 or then the Mm -hmm. plus size, which, unfortunately, in terms of, like, model standard size, a lot of plus size models aren't even, like, what you would consider plus size. Like, they're size 10 and 12, which is still in the regular sizes. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of this weird gray area, but anyways... So I'm glad you brought up these
0: posts because, uh, that's one of the things I want to talk about is this realness that you have behind your posts so that you have these ones on body confidence. There's, there's Mm -hmm. so many there. Like I, I don't know. I'm just going to have to direct (laughs) people to go to your website and you have a whole, don't you have a whole tab directed towards the body positivity posts? Mm -hmm. I I think that's, yeah, that's a great, great place to start. Um, Okay, so I have so much to talk about about this with you <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs>
0: so, okay, first, let's talk about what pushed you to write that post do you can you think about what that was that first post?
1: what was it that well, made you I, write I it? I think it, well, like kind of going back to what I had said, it was kind of like I needed to like really find more substance into blogging and what um what made me feel good about doing blogging that wasn't like materialistic? And how I could help, like, help others, impact others. So, originally, like, that was kind of where the idea sparked. Mm -hmm. Um, I have always had body issues. I wouldn't say necessarily always had confidence issues because I never felt like I didn't, like, I had low self-esteem. But I I have, my weight has yo-yoed my entire, like, all, the end of high school, all through college. It just yo-yoed. It yo-yoed so hard at one point I was over 200 pounds and I'm only five, five. So like, that's a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that I really wanted to talk about how I finally also found like a husband, a life partner who just accepted me for how I was, Mm -hmm. um, health is also very important to me. I think that to look good, you need to feel good. So, um, I actually have gotten questions before about like, why do I work out now if I'm like happy with my body? And for me, it's not about, I'm not trying to change my body weight or how I look, but like working out makes me feel good. And so that helps me like perceive myself as I look good. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, I just really wanted to tell my story and just share like, Hey, this is, this is what's happened to me. And Like, if you can relate to this, like, I'm here to talk about it. I want to encourage you to find a way to love your own body, that self-love journey, which is really hard. It's so hard for so many women. And when I wrote this post, um, I would have been 22 or 20. I would have been 23. Mm. So, you know, just like that age of women in college, women just graduating college, and kind of talking to them specifically about, I mean, obviously it applies to all women who've ever mm-hmm. gone through this, but specifically in that moment of, Hey, like I've gone through this. Like if anyone else has gone through this, like let's have a discussion about it. Let's support each other. Let's help you get to a point where you can love yourself for who you are and not think that you have to change for anyone else. So that was just really important for me to finally like talk about and share. Well,
0: what do you think if, if there was a, a woman who is reading these these posts of yours and she this is something that doesn't like she she's the opposite of good self-esteem you know there she's really struggling to mm-hmm. accept her body what do you think you would tell that that woman
1: i think that in order to start your self-love journey you have to kind of like step back and say okay I'm maybe not okay with this, this and this body part, but what do I love? You know, start with the positives. Like, Mm -hmm. do you love your eyes? Do you love your hair? Do you have strong calves? Do you like your feet? You know, start with the positives because you kind of have to start off on that note. Um, And then moving forward, I think that another, not necessarily that you need to change, but for me, I always say that like the days I'm feeling the worst are the days that I've been in my PJs all day long and I haven't gotten ready or haven't even put on clothes, haven't left the house. you know what are the little things that you need to do? Do you need mm-hmm. to like go for a walk in the morning to like really get going? Do you need to put on a little bit of makeup just to feel like you're presentable? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean like you need to go to the gym and lose twenty pounds in order to feel good like that's not what I'm about yeah. at all. yeah, um like I said, health is still really important to me, mm-hmm. so getting in the fitness, just because when you do work out, even if you're not trying to change your body, you'll feel good. But it's just like working on those little things that will help you feel good about yourself. I think that having someone to support you and I'm not talking about like a significant other, whether it's like a best friend, if you can talk to your mom, if you have a close female mentor, someone like that, who can help like support you and talk you through things. Um, I think that that support is really huge. It was really huge for me with Robbie, who at the time, a lot of this was happening first happening for me was just my boyfriend. Um, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be a significant other, but finding a support system is also just such a huge, huge part of that.
0: Oh, I so agree. So agree. So I want to, I want to talk about that support that you brought up and, Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody who reads your, your blog or who follows you on Instagram can see this love, loving support that you have from your husband, Rami. And <laughs>
1: yeah. and he's a great
0: writer. He's a writer himself. So he, he has written some blog um, posts as well that are just really powerful. So I want to know more about how his support has shifted your perspective on you and how it has helped you get to where you are right now, both like internally and just how you're able to self-love yourself better or also with your career.
1: Totally. So let me start with self-love because this is like, this prefaces everything pretty much. I think Robbie was the first boy that I met, met let alone dated who liked curvy girls. And he always tells me that in high school he got made fun of so much because he always had crushes on the thick girls. Like, it was the first time that like a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, Oh, like, like guys, like guys can like sick girls. Like before that, especially in college, it was just like, Oh, like I I need to be thinner in order to like get asked out. And I didn't get asked out a lot. And, um, I was okay with that at the time. Like looking back, I probably (laughs) had some emotional issues there with things, Mm -hmm. but, um, it just was this huge light bulb that was like, Oh, okay. Like guys can and do like girls with curves and they're okay with it and they prefer it. And I, that was the, really the first experience I had with it. Yeah. Um, so th- those kind of guys are out there. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what really started off my journey of self-love was he loved me for who I was. So then I was like, Oh, okay. I can love me for who I am. And that's not to say that's the case for everyone because obviously we should all learn to independen- independently love ourselves. Yes. Um I'm not saying you need like a significant other to show or help you do that. But for me it was just that light bulb that finally went off. Yeah. Um as far as my career, I said I said mentioned this earlier, mm-hmm. but um Robbie's kind of the reason that I that Soss Realistic even exists because he was the one who pushed me to start my blog. He took my photos for mm my first year and he still takes photos. He edits all my posts to this day. He emails brands alongside of me. Um, Faster Lipstick is such a huge part of our lives and our income now that we do it all together. And it's such a great support system because he wants me to be just as successful as I want to be. We don't have assistants. We don't work with an agent at this point. So we are doing all of the work and just to have someone who wants to push me to, you know, okay, like, you want to work with that brand? Okay, email them. Okay, you know, post in their gear and then email them that Instagram of you in their brand. Show them that this is what I can do for you kind of thing. So he's just always pushing me to reach for the stars, like I had mentioned before, and Mm -hmm. just really just dream and go get that dream. So it's been a huge, huge part of Past Lipstick for me.
0: So it seems like you have such a supportive community, You're not only just in your in your close family and friends, but as the wider community as well. But there's got to be people who aren't kind. <laughs> you know, you've got those haters, sure. I'm sure. So <laughs> yeah how how do you deal with those? I mean, I've obviously never had them because nobody cares mm-hmm. <laughs> enough of like about me. <laughs> not but, true. <laughs> well, I'm just terrified of that ever happening. Though, how how have you dealt with that?
1: So I think that. Um, Just the more experience I have under my belt, I've kind of learned to deal with it better. Um, When I first started blogging, I didn't really see it. And then about a year in, things started to happen where I I do read every single comment that's posted on Instagram, on my blog. But then I would also search for my blog. There's like these weird blog bashing sites. I don't know if you've heard of them. I'm not even going to say the name of them. Yeah. And I would search don't. for me there just like out of curiosity. And it seriously will just tear you apart. Oh, and, wow. you know, people who are on those sites, um, I think I learned this now back then, it just really hurt. But hmm. they're the people who are just very insecure about themselves. And they're hmm. trying to tear you down to make themselves feel better. Um, and that happens. Sometimes I get rude comments about when I get reposted on brands, sometimes I'll get comments about being curvier, my weight, my appearance. My appearance. I one time had <laughs> someone just write a comment that said, "wide hips," and that was it. And oh like goodness. we laugh about it now because it's like hilarious. But um, <sighs> in retrospect, anyways, sure. You know that mm. it's gonna happen. Um, I just want to deal with it better because I just, for the most part, brush it off. Things don't mm-hmm. really affect me anymore because. I feel like at this point I'm, like, a body positivity blogger, so you got to be a pretty scummy person to try and, like, break me down. Yeah. Um, And I have have this policy on my Instagram, um, and I think that most of my followers are pretty much aware of it. Like, there's no negativity, and it's, like, I don't tolerate it. If you are negative, like, you get blocked, and that's just the end of it. it. Um, I obviously let people have their opinions because we all have Hmm. different opinions. It's just like when people start being mean and unkind, whether it's to me or like to one of my followers or something, but I just, I don't deal with it. And, um, I just have learned to not let it affect me, which is hard. It's been hard. Mm -hmm. Like I said, in the past, like things have really torn me down. I've definitely cried about comments people have made or whatever, but I've just learned to deal with it better. Well, it, it's
0: demanded a lot of growth, I'm sure. And a lot of it's tested yeah. that that um that center that you have built up in yourself, that self-love center. Mm-hmm. If you have that strong enough, it seems like you're, you're better um, empowered to brush off those things that don't really matter in the end and keep going on to what you have in mind for yourself, this mission.
1: Totally. So totally. you've
0: shared in some of your posts, you've shared about blogger politics. And mm-hmm. I you know, I feel like that is another thing that demands that center from you that that self love Mm -hmm. center. And can you tell us a little bit about that post that you you did on this topic? It's called exposing blogger politics and promoting togetherness.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, So I decided to write this post because I was just pretty over it. And I kind of broke it down into a few different categories. And then at the end, I kind of flipped it to like, this is how us as bloggers can overcome these stereotypes Mm -hmm. or these things that happen. So I talked about how there's mean girls in, I mean, there's mean girls in any situation, like in your office, I'm sure, you know, Mm -hmm. where you work, like in your circle of friends, there's probably that one person who makes snarky comments. Like there's always going to be like that mean girl mentality when there's women involved because that's, I don't know, that's just how it is. So I just wanted to like expose these things that, Hey, like, bloggers aren't perfect. So here's what's happening in our, within our own industry. So I talked about like Mean Girls. I talked about how a lot of people have this tainted um, image of like your success lessens my success, which is completely false. There's obviously enough room for all of us to be successful in our own different ways. Um, I talked about how with this whole social media world, there's a lot of cheating and faking going on where people yes. are buying followers and buying likes and how it's just honestly not honest to yeah. your brand it's not honest to the campaigns that you get that are them paying you money to represent themselves through you but then you're not even you don't even have real followers um and I talked about how for me out of all of these things, like my mentality is I'm going to be kind to everyone and I'm just going to keep my head down and just like grind and work hard. And, you know, there's obviously these things that happen within any industry, but I truly believe like be the good person that you are and work hard and these things you won't have to worry about in the future. (laughs) But it was good. I I had like a lot of really great feedback from it. Um, I actually posted this post and some of the, blogger Facebook groups I'm in um, just so the other bloggers could read it, not mm-hmm. necessarily even, like, followers, but just fellow sure. bloggers. Yeah. And a lot of these girls, like, they felt the same way, mm-hmm. and there wasn't, like, negative pushback. It was That's all, like, nice. I'm so glad you wrote this because this is something, you know, we either all need to hear or, like, there's parts that we need to work on. Like, thanks for doing that. So uh, it just goes back to the whole, like, I'm just trying to be me, and I'm still human, and here's a real raw problem or prob- problems and within my own industry. And I'm just going to expose them, but I'm also going to give you solutions to how we as bloggers can overcome them.
0: And that's what I love about how you ended that post. It wasn't just like a big diatribe about you complaining, you know, it was like a, Hey, yeah. like, let's, this is how we're going <laughs> to totally. fix this. This is, and, and I love that yeah. you're talking about being, helping each other succeed. Honestly, I think that mm-hmm. was really empowering to see That's how you go about this. That's how you navigate. It's like cheering. Let's cheer each other on.
1: Yeah. We always say um, for that, it's community over competition. So I I truly, yeah, it's a great great little motto. Um, I was actually talking with another blogger about this just the other day. And there's a few of us SF bloggers who kind of like hover around the same amount of followers yeah um, and we just kind of grow at the kind of the same rate mm-hmm. and as far as like competing like i I just I don't really think of it as a competition because with these bloggers, for instance, like we're all kind of similar, and we live in San Francisco, and we are like fashion based so loosely, mm-hmm. but like I'm doing something totally different. I have my body positivity platform, we work with different brands, we have different strategies. So for me it's not it's not really a competition. Like these are girls I see all the time at events. Some of them I'm really good friends with and we hang outside of, you know, like blogger events or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just I just try and eliminate that. Like obviously there's still some human elements in me where I'm like, Oh, like I wish I would have gotten that campaign that she got but sure. for the most part it's like why why compete when, you know, overall like we're probably don't have the same strategies and we probably don't have the same brand ethic and <laughs> Yeah. things like that.
0: So you've said that word um, throughout the interview, and I've been wanting to ask you. You said brand. So what? What mm-hmm. is your brand? What? How would you define your brand?
1: Oh well, wow, that's like a really tough question. As yeah, far it as like is, right? actually defining it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as yeah. far as actually defining it. Um, I think that the Sasha Red lipstick brand is honestly mostly about just being real, and mm-hmm. obviously that ties into um, the whole body positivity aspect where here's my journey, let me help you get to where I am, let me, you know, it's not always like, oh, one day this girl will just love her body because I love my body, but it's like, you know, I'll get messages of, okay, well, I feel a lot better about my body now and I still have work or this is where I'm at from where I was since I followed you. I get emails like that, which are just like the best part of blogging. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think that that really embodies like the Fascia Lipstick brand of just being real and um, just like, being approachable, I always say, like, I hope as a blogger, like, you feel like we could go to lunch and chat, and that's why, like, I always try and not just answer comments, but I answer DMs, like I said, I have running dialogues with followers just on DMs, like, just talking about whatever, whether they ask me a certain question, or we talk about, like, where I'm traveling to next, and where they're traveling to next, and I just want to be known for being, like, that approachable blogger who they can relate to, and like you said not have it be this like jealousy thing of like oh well i'll never be able to do that or how she looks is unattainable kind of that whole thing of mm-hmm. i just want to be a real human being who just likes sharing her fashion and body positivity tips
0: <laughs> i feel like standing and giving you like a slow clap like <laughs> honestly <laughs> You're so sweet. it's it's just it's just <laughs> so rare i mean that's what i love about you and i know that's why people are so committed to you and and you are changing lives and what you're doing. It's very important that you recognize it as well. Like this, this is meaningful work that you are doing. And I just, I hope that you just, you can feel that from people who love you that you, you are doing such good things in this world. So, Sarah, good job. That's, well, be hard. thank you.
1: That's really sweet of you. <laughs> I just, like I said, there came a point where I was just, like, bored sharing just my outfits, and mm-hmm. I was like, I need a purpose to actually be doing this, and it feels good to, like yeah. I said, get those emails where girls just talk about their journey or where they're at or You know, what do I think that they should do to try and help get there? Mm -hmm. Um, That's really, like, the best part about it. There's obviously great perks, you know, working with awesome brands and getting to go to really cool places. But as far as, like, actually having a purpose, like, that's what it Mm -hmm. all comes down to.
0: Yeah, and I think anyone can take that lesson and apply it to whatever they're doing. You know, whatever they're doing with their career or their family or their their relationships. It's that finding that Mm -hmm. purpose that's going to drive you, make it meaningful so I I want to turn. I agree. More, oh, good. You know, I want to turn more into. I always like to talk about perfectionism and just like you know the pressure of, behind that. You are in a Holy. very appearance centric medium. You know, very right. And I've got I've got to <laughs> feel like there's this constant pressure on you to be perfect, not only to look perfect, but to write perfectly, Mm -hmm. to deal with your followers perfectly, to deal with your fellow bloggers and Instagrammers perfectly. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of pressure. So how do you handle that? And I think we're going to have a common thread of you talking about being centered, but tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit
1: about how that, how that is for you. Okay. Well, first of all, for the writing perfectly, I have a professional writer as a husband. So, That's <laughs> that, so great. that I don't have to worry about because he can edit for me. Yes. And trust me, there's typos. I, my mom used to always text me and be like, Hey, there's a typo in this blog post. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's a typo here. Like, That's you know what happened? Helpful. So, okay. As far as perfection goes, I think I just have to constantly remind myself that I am human and there's going to be things that aren't perfect and won't go my way you know not every post will do great not every campaign will do great for Mm -hmm. the client not everyone will like my outfit you know I will have typos here and there um I will have a pimple here and there you know what I mean like things like that where I just have to remind myself that things aren't going to be perfect you know um I think Instagram makes is like the place where I worry about that the most because Uh As far as, like, resume goes for working with brands, I feel like that's what they look to, you know, for mm-hmm. followers and how, your con- and how your feed flows and what kind of content you produce. Um, so that is, like, my hardest thing to balance. And I definitely struggle with that. Um, as a blogger, I think a lot of people would probably agree that that aspect of, like, being perfect on social media um, is really – it's a really hard balance yeah, I don't think that things will go perfectly. Um, and I know that they won't. So as far as just having that in the back of my mind as I'm growing and, you know, establishing my career, it's important to just remember that.
0: Has there been a time where you, um, might not have been so level headed about that pressure?
1: Um, I can't like specifically think of like a time, but a specific time, but I can definitely attest to the fact that I have literally cried over Instagram, like, which yeah. is so stupid. Um, it's not, <laughs> it just though. goes to show just how human I am, you know, where it's like, it's, you know, I was at a point where I was just stalled and I wasn't growing, or mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like my feed was as beautiful as someone else's feed. And comparing yourself is like the worst thing you could do in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in general, anyways, but especially there. Um, So I mean, it happens. Definitely happens. I can't think of like a very specific instance, but it definitely happens.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't want to laugh that you said that, but I mean, it's just one of those things. Like it's funny. (laughs) Totally. It's sad, but it's funny. It's everyone's been there. It was his trying. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's it's a mind trip, constant mind trip to keep up with that. I want to know about you and and goal-making and how you go about that. Oh, yeah. Because you, you are working from home, and, totally. I mean, there's got to be a whole level of <laughs> persistence when you work at home and some yes. strategies. So what are some things that you do to reach for your goals and obtain them, you know, when you're in mm-hmm. that, that environment?
1: So Robbie and I make um, our goals for the new year about, like, um, I would say, like, end of October, November of, like, the current year. Um, so we always try – I mean, we're always tracking everything yeah. numbers-wise. So we project, like, I'll hit this at this point in the year. You know, I should have this many sales for this, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. So we're really good about making goals. We're pretty good about tracking analytical Things, um that we need to track for growth and just making sure that we are that i I say we because it really is a we thing yeah. we are growing mm-hmm. um so and then of course there's like the actual like then doing those goals, you know, mm-hmm. making them become a reality, which is like obviously the hard part mm-hmm. um as far as like making them happen we I have a pretty like set not like set schedule, but I have a pretty regular day of emailing and just working towards the next big brand I want to work with and creating content that fits, um, you know, for that maybe campaign I want to work with in the future. So there's always a strategy behind like how I get to work with brands. And I think that a lot of people just assume, um, that bloggers are just handed these collaborations on a silver platter. And I'll be the first to say, like, that's not it at all. Hmm. There's been certain brands in the last even, like, few months where I'm like, okay, I want to work with this brand. They're a huge national worldwide brand. Like, how am I going to do this? So yeah. we've come up with strategies of, okay, I should probably, like, post my own, you know, go out and buy my own gear and uh, for that brand, whoever it may be. Post in it, talk about it, and then, once it does well, then send that along to their hopefully p r email that I can find and talk about like how I love to collab, how it can be a successful collaboration, what I can do for them um, and then hopefully they get back to me. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's always like I do as much as I can, and hopefully they just respond, so <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's just one of those things where. You just have to work as hard as you can on your end to make things happen. Like, they're not just going to be, like I said, handed to you on a silver platter, Mm -hmm. just sent to your inbox out of nowhere. Like, you have to work for those goals as hard as you want them.
0: There's a lot of putting yourself
1: out there, too. I mean, that's a lot of work involved Mm -hmm. for a potential no. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I totally agree. And there's obviously, like, time and effort and sometimes money spent behind that, but when it does pay off, it's just so worth it that hmm. you I just want to even change even change it.
0: Yeah. Well so what are what are you working on now? What are some of the big goals that you have, whether they're personal or professional?
1: Yeah, sure. So like I mentioned, I just came back for my second New York fashion week, mm-hmm. um, just a week and a half ago and so that was really great. I'm trying to make it to all of them in New York, which is twice a year. Yeah. Um, hopefully I'll, I'll get to go to like London or Paris in the next few seasons. That's a huge goal for me. Um, I, yeah, so exciting. I just wrapped up my first big beauty campaign with living proof, um, which is like a hair care line. So that was exciting because, Mm -hmm. um, I'm constantly trying to add more lifestyle aspects as far as traveling, home decor, um, beauty, things Uh like that. So that was really exciting. Um, I'm actually posting my first campaign with Nike tomorrow. No way! So that's yeah, that's my that's biggest so campaign to exciting. date. Oh my! Thank gosh, you. That's yeah, I'm really, really, cool. really <laughs> I'm really, really excited about it. Um, it's you. taken a lot of work and effort to get here, and yeah. they've just been so amazing to work with. So I'm really excited great. about that. It's all centered around um, a specific shoe, but I've also tied into it body positivity. So it's going to be great. Oh, that's um, so that's so exciting. Excited. Yeah. Well, thank you. I am heading to um, Reward Style, which is a big affiliate brand that works with bloggers. they invite-only conferences in April, and it's based on your performance. And this is the first year I've gotten oh. invited. So, like, that's really exciting. And then um, today I just signed a contract. Robbie and I are going on a trip to Greece with a sailing company later this year. Oh. So that's a really fun travel opportunity for us so yeah we have some really fun things in the works um the one brand that was like my big big goal for this year I'm just waiting to sign a contract so I can't say it yet okay. but well, that will be yeah fun. But hopefully <laughs> good vibes sent to me yes. so that everything works out that will be so it's gonna tuned. be a good year for us yeah <laughs> exactly exactly but I
0: just I'd love for people to see that this is a purposeful strategic career that you Mm -hmm. are doing every day and also just how how much bravery there is behind what you're doing and you know what we've talked (laughs) about too that self-centeredness I mean you've got it I mean I'm Mm -hmm. sure like you said you've got those hard days too but everybody can learn from what we've talked about Sarah no matter what they are doing in their lives so I'm so glad you would talk about all of that
1: of course thank you
0: so I've got two final questions for you so one, one question I do have for you is what would someone be surprised to learn about you?
1: Robbie and I always talk about this. And the one thing people I think would be so surprised to learn about me is that I'm really silly and goofy. And I think Robbie only really gets to see the extent of that. But yeah. he's always laughing about something I do, whether it's like singing. I sing wrong lyrics all the time and I just like make up funny words. Um, yeah. I've always like flipped around words. And so I just like say funny things and I like dance around the house naked before I get in the shower. and He thinks it's hilarious and just I I'm just like it. a goofy person and yeah. like people <laughs> never they don't really necessarily see that. I think that like my sense of humor does come out um, like in some of my posts and then like my IG story and people know how goofy Robbie is mm-hmm. from yeah, <laughs> social media. Fun. But like as far as me, I think that that's just something that a lot of people would be surprised by. That's really fun.
0: Okay, the last question I have for you is what have you learned about yourself the past few years that you would like to share with people?
1: I think, like, my one big takeaway and, like, even my takeaway for people listening to this is just to be successful just takes so much hard work. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter what industry you're in. um, Just to be able to work hard to... um, I actually was just at a event with Gwyneth Paltrow and I asked her like what's your best advice for millennial women um, Mm -hmm. who are entrepreneurs and she was like work hard be yourself and what I loved what she said was that like don't like look to the side meaning like Mm -hmm. keep your head down grind like be aware of what you know your competition is doing or what others similar in your industry are doing but like don't pay attention to them just work hard focus on what you're doing be authentic be you and you'll be successful such
0: great advice Sarah you you are so wonderful I could go on and on but I am (laughs) so grateful that you would do this and thank you for this really great interview
1: you're welcome well thanks for taking the time to interview me I really appreciate it Thank you again, Sarah,
0: for this candid, enlightening, funny, and genuine interview. You really are an exceptional woman, and I meant what I said. You are changing lives. I'd love to hear from you, our listeners. I want to know what you got out of this interview with Sarah. In the show notes, I have included ways for you to contact me, so please reach out. I'd also love it if you would let me know if there is someone who you think should be on the show. So, go ahead and nominate that person that comes to mind for you. I'll be sharing a few interviews this next month that come from people's nominations. So, I don't ask for this flippantly. I, I love hearing from you. You can also share what you are up to while listening and what do something you are working on by direct messaging me or by using the hashtag AboutProgressPodcast. I have more information about my Do Something That Scares You campaign in the show notes, and I'll be sharing a highlight for that next week. Next Wednesday, we will finally have our first man on the show. Matt Davis will be here to talk about his lifelong struggles with anxiety and depression, how they related to impossible standards, and how he has learned to still be happy even when he is sad. There are more men coming too, so stay tuned. I'll see you next week and until then, take care of yourself.